Zito from seventh to first in the final event. You are a champion. And Oleksiak has done it! The girl from the six has got six Olympic medals. The substitute for Canada just about gets it through. It's a glory gold for Canada. Kathy Lifting goes up to Graham, takes the lead, looks a winner, draws away from Graham and Mary. This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. It is off the podium, an Olympics podcast coming your way today for a very special episode. For the first time ever on Off the Podium, we are set to speak to a Hungarian guest from the great country of Hungary in a two-time Olympic champion canoe sprinter, Christina Fazakis Zer won gold in London and in Rio as part of the women's K4 500-meter team. And an epic chat we have with Christina for you today, learning about the sport in Hungary. This is a big sport in Hungary, is canoeing, as we learn in this interview. The process of growing up, getting involved in the sport, what other sports that are big in Hungary that she maybe tried to hand in along the way. And just her unique journey through the Olympics. Trying to qualify for Sydney in 2000. Didn't make the team. Didn't make the team in Athens. Didn't make the team in Beijing. Very close to quitting on many occasions, but didn't give up. Finally made a first Olympics in London. Got there. Won a gold medal, if you don't mind. And then backed that up in Rio as well. So it's a great story of perseverance, of challenges along the way. Her husband, also an esteemed canoeer, went to three Olympics himself. So uh, great chat here with Christina about that. And also very interesting stories about what it means to win an Olympic gold medal in Hungary. There's a lot riding on success for Olympians from Hungary, a lot more so than some other countries. And Christina details that as well. Also, how close she was to competing for the US. It's where she lives at the moment and just how that would have changed things. And the most important thing, long-term listeners of this show will remember that we had a bit of an ongoing joke for a while there saying that Hungarians were not funny. We thought there was no humour in Hungary and that they just weren't funny people. Christina addresses that. And we're going to find out whether or not Hungarians are funny people. It's a great chat. You're going to love it, every single second of it. Here's our chat with two-time Olympic champion from Hungary in the sport of canoe, kayak, sprint, Christina Vazekas. In just over 300 episodes on Off the Podium, we have spoken to a myriad of athletes from a myriad of sports, from a myriad of countries, around the world and today we are speaking to our very first ever Hungarian guest on the show and and what a guest to be able to break this duck to get somebody on from Hungary. She is a two-time Olympian, two-time Olympic gold medalist, seven times world champion in the sport of canoe sprint and we love sprint canoeists on this show. We always love talking about this sport and I'm so excited to not only learn about her amazing career but also the sport in Hungary and Hungary in general. I think we're going to be uh, very educated today on Off the Podium. It's a pleasure to welcome to Off the Podium, Christina fazekas Christina, first of all, thank you so much for your time on Off the Podium. It's a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a honor to be here. Now I've got to start off. How was my Hungarian pronunciation there? Did I, did I get it? Was I in the right sort of ballpark there or do I need to sort of do a bit more practicing with that? 
that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, good. All right. I'm not. I'm not great on the pronunciations generally on this show, Christina. So I just need to always check that and uh, clarify that there. But I mean, so excited to chat to you to learn about your career because, as I discovered in the lead up to this interview, canoeing in Hungary is a pretty big deal. It's a, it's a pretty big sport. Uh, third most successful at the Summer Olympics in terms of at least uh, gold medals won. Second most successful in terms of overall medals won by Hungary. So is this a sport that most Hungarians or a lot of Hungarians do growing up? And is this how you got involved in the sport? Yeah, it's uh, very, very popular in Hungary, kayaking. It's... Um we have so many, many clubs in during uh, all over the country. We have a lot of rivers, lakes, so we have a place to training. And um, yeah, so it's a good career to everybody knows. It's a very successful sport. So uh, being an athlete in Hungary, it's, it's, it can be a very good career. So everybody choose to you know, the sport, but it has a chance to go to the Olympic and get medal. And kayaking is, is that sport, but, but you really, really see the result and how successful it's all over the world. And many, many kids choose this sport because of that. And the system, what is built up, it's, uh, it's very professional how they're requiring uh, kids to come and uh, uh, training the clubs and they're going to schools and they're asking kids to come and join. So, yeah, it's it's really popular in Hungary. So is that sort of what drew you into the sport? Had you sort of just seen it, uh, had some friends who maybe got involved in it and you thought you'd give, a, give it a try? Yeah, actually, my, my uh, brother tried uh, canoeing and this is how my sister, I have a twin sister, we followed him to the closest club and this is how we got involved but uh, this is not the popular way so most of the people coming because it's 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 just there everywhere now so and uh, especially in the summer when people uh, kids start in the summer it's a blast because you on the water you have camps you can you know you can be all day long uh, next to the water and uh, and and it's happened. It's what it says. Who's outside? Did you play many other sports growing up? And and I guess on a side question to that, what are some of the other popular sports that say kids play often in Hungary growing up? I started with tennis, and I did some karate. But um, when I was ten, I already got sucked in this this uh, kayaking life. <laughs> And after 32 years, I, I, I retired. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I didn't really do, like when I was a kid, other sport. But since I moved to the U.S., I did stand-up paddling, surf ski, and outrigger paddling, all the paddling. I was still paddling, so I'm kind of a paddling person. You like the paddling. It's kind of, it's, it's something that... I love like yeah. to be on the water and outside and, yeah. And um, kayaking, it's a very complex sport. So in Hungary, we swim, example, in the winter because it's so, so cold, you, know, you cannot be outside kayaking so we swimming we running we go to the gym we go ski cross cross country ski so it's a lot of other sport involved in our sport so that's that's make it more interesting 
And did you, when you were younger, watch the Olympics? Was the Olympics something you always saw as a goal or did that sort of come later as you progressed throughout the sport? Yeah, this is how I, I, the Olympic got me to, to really focus on uh, the sport because I, I'm, I think I always wanted to be Olympic champion. So watching Olympics and uh, see the stories of the, you know, the athletes, I, it, it's always motivated me and, and inspired me to be an Olympic champion too. So since in the beginning, I really wanted, I, I was not so good, <laughs> but I always had like, ah, in the future, sometimes uh, I gonna can get my stuff together and uh, I'm going to be a Olympic champion. So I yeah, love that focus. Fun. Yeah, fantastic. No, I wasn't that focused. I had a dream, but um, very long time. I Dream focus. focus. You know, <laughs> I, I like to think they're kind of the same, you know, in a weird way. I mean, I have dreams of Olympics still one day, Christina. I, I'm getting on a bit, but you never know. Never say never. Say <laughs> never. Uh, I mean, when you, when you get started, is there, do you just sort of try your hand at both canoeing and kayaking because I mean obviously both are you know different the K and the C like or is it more of a case of it's always been the the kayak side of things and canoeing wasn't really for you so when I started we didn't have a woman canoe so it, it was not even an option so I started kayaking because that was what I could do so just a man can could do canoe and kayaking so it's obviously changed a little bit now that there's uh, a few yeah. of the the canoe sort of events uh, now in the Olympics. Which do you, as you progress and that becomes available, do you try it, or are you so focused on the kayaking side of things that there's no real point in trying the canoeing, even if it's getting developed? Uh, you know, I I was focused on kayaking so so much, so I I tried. Of course, I went for a paddle or something, but. I find it very difficult <laughs> with you <laughs> and it's, it didn't come like, okay, it, it would be not an easy transaction. So it, it, it would take a lot of time and effort to be a good canoe Uh So I just, I felt I never had that time between two Olympics, you know, like to focus yeah. on changing. But yeah, it was in my head sometimes. Oh, maybe in the canoe field would be a little bit easier to get there. <laughs> a little something. bit smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But honestly, I never put the effort to to start or 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 try really hard. It's it, it's hard. So for me, canoeing is is like oh my gosh, it's too, too I mean, hard. <laughs> k- kayaking to me itself seems hard enough, and then you add that that element to it because I mean it's such a physical sport in I can imagine upper body of course we've talked to a lot of canoe uh, athletes canoe kayak athletes on the show and just hearing that level you've got to have in the gym and and working out I mean uh, physically demanding sport Uh, I mean could you give us a bit of a rundown when you're at the gym like sort of what are you a weekly gym session for you like how how often are you there and what sort of are you focusing on to really get yourself into peak competition form yeah, so kayaking and canoeing, it's a very overall sport. So we are, we are a sprinter, but not really a, sprint, a sprinter. Yeah? So our distance, the 500 meter, two, even a 200 meter, that is the, the shortest uh, distance, but actually they took out from now the Olympic. But uh, uh, 
uh, the the 200 it's it's it sounds like a spring but it's over 40 or 30 seconds for the guys i think 34 33 i don't know if we can go 33 i don't know yet so that's over the sprint you know it's still involved a lot of lactate on the last couple of seconds or 10 seconds so so we cannot say we are a poor sprint sport and especially thousand meter but it's like four yeah. minutes for women and 3.30 around uh, for the men, that's that's a lot of lot of lactate. So we need power, we need lactate tolerance, we need endurance, we need everything. So it's like we we really have to work for to 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 be good with everything. So if not enough, if you are a good sprinter and you can go to the gym and do a lot of uh, you know heavy weight and get very strong because you know the master has needs to have a lot of you know oxygen if you want to go a little bit longer distance that's maybe not the best so so it, it really has to find the balance how much you going to the gym but of course we we are every day in the gym and uh, usually uh, out of the competition season we, we focus on to strength and get uh, uh, power and uh, and a lot of endurance so we do like what can i tell you like like if i do a circuit training i do like a minute or 90 second uh, uh, station so so try to do a longer longer repetition or or we do um, strengthen like uh, how do you say it in English? So we we work on a, a power when we do like uh, you know very heavy like ten four times ten reps or something like that. So we work on everything and we we do for the start or for the sprinter they need speed. So we have a very uh, exp ex ex explosive. Um, explosive uh, um, um, exercises so yeah it's it's very very complex our sport so we have to work on every every part of the the, the spring the endurance and the strength and in terms of then when you're progressing through it and you've got that discrepancy as you mentioned between the thousand and the 200 do you have to at certain point go, okay, I, I would rather do the 200 than the 1,000 or I'm good at the 500. I mean, can you sort of be diverse over all three or does a sprinter generally need to focus on the shorter versus the longer distances? I believe because it's not poor uh, sprint that you can do all of it, just maybe one of it is harder for you to prepare but example for me the 200 would be a little bit harder because i'm not a, a sprinter i don't have that muscle building you know i have more like a, a longer distance so for me the the quickness and the the, the start and going fast harder so maybe maybe i have to focus on it much more than going 500 i think 500 is my distance and uh, and somebody who is a sprinter they still can work on endurance because if if you know it's you have an advantage to start but you still so i i believe everybody can work on endurance so i think for somebody who doesn't have a, a speed 
uh, aspect of it that's harder than if somebody a sprinter and has to work on uh, endurance I, I think it's more doable than for me to do 200 <laughs> i always i always try because because you know it's 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 so short <laughs> so you you can even enjoy it but uh, but i i miss that part like I, my husband is um, kayaker too so totally my opposite so he he was a sprinter he's he, he has that muscle for the sprint and the explosive and explosiveness and uh, i really can see the different but that he was very good in 502 and he could race in 1002 it's it's matter of um, you know how much effort you put i i believe you can be good all of the distance if you put the right effort so it's not like a say athletics where you know a 100 meter sprinter is not going to run a 1500 meter are they like there's such a discrepancy in, in sprint even oh, swimming you're not really going to have a 100 meter do a 1500 meter whereas there's you have a lot of athletes who would do a 200 a 500 and a 1000 yeah i know i know some of them but honestly you have to specialize too so if you focus on 200 it's hard to do the thousand i i, I don't mean that you can do it in one uh, competition season uh i'm it, it it that has to be somebody very special and very very talented and very very good uh, but but you can switch. So if you focus on one Olympic example now, we, we don't have any more 200 meters. So the 200 meters guy have to focus on 500, they can switch to be a very good 500 meter guy. This is what I mean. In, in You know, you have to work on your, or, or your weakness too. So it's not gonna just change. And it's a li little bit different preparation to, prepare for 200 or for 1000 meters. So it's that, hard to do it in one season. And I can imagine too, that's a similar aspect when it comes to say being in a K1 versus a K4. Do you sort of get to a point where you are more of a K4 athlete than a K1 or is it a sport where you can diversify it? So you can be a, a all of them do a K1, a K2 and a, and a K4 at an event. And it doesn't really make too much of a difference. Yeah. So example in Hungary, we have a, a girl with Danusha, Dana, Kozak Danusha. She won example in Rio, the K1, K2 and the K4. Wow. <laughs> so, you can do them so, all. <laughs> yeah, she did all. So yeah, so it's, it's possible. Um, in Hungary, our, system it's uh it's built on the k1 results so if you are good in k1 this is how you can get in the k4 so so you have to be good in k1 it's 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 very rare happen that you are not good in k1 and you can sit in the k4 so it's it's built on the ability that you are successful in k1 too but um example just because you know sometimes you're missing a little bit like for me um, I never won the K1, the selection in Hungary. I got always second or third. So I I didn't really race just World Cups or when I was in the US and uh, race for the US. Um, that time I raced in K1, international field. Uh, so for me, a little bit easier the K4 because it's a team and uh, we can, we can, we can reliable on each other. So it's a uh, take off a little bit of pressure on your shoulders. 
in one hand <laughs> and the other hand put a little bit more because for me, example, I always, oh, what if I, you know, make a mistake, it's, you're messing up for everybody. So, yeah, so here a little bit, here is a adding. So, yeah, it's it's different, a different mindset and uh, and for being a K1 peddler, it's, it's, it's it has to be, a, I think you have to have a little bit more than inside, you know, like in for, for K4. I mean, not, so many people are not going to be happy if I'm saying that, but this is my opinion. I think we know I, what you mean. I think I think we know what you mean there. This is my <laughs> so, opinion for, for me. <laughs> so, I mean, it almost in a way sounds a lot like swimming or track and field in like sort of that, you know, you say the – four by 100 relay in swimming, you know, you might be the second or third best swimmer. You might not necessarily get selected to be in the individual race, but you're good enough to be in the relay. So it's kind of, if you're the second or third best paddler, then you might not get the individual race, but you will be in the K4 essentially. It's kind of like being selected for a relay almost. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the interesting things that you have to actually in Hungary, our selection, it's usually, uh, run uh, for K1 and K2 and after the selection they put together the K4 so we don't have right. K4 selection anymore wow. but we, we used to have so 2008 Sydney no, sorry Beijing the selection was in K4 example and before then it was always we always had K4 selection too so, so that was a little bit different time but after 2008, and the, and for us, the men has different uh, selection criteria too. So for them, still had K4 selections. But for the woman, I was actually very lucky because I think I moved to the US after Beijing. I didn't make the team in Beijing. So I moved to US 2010, and I was racing for the US for two years, 2010 and 2011, yeah. So I wanted to go for the Olympic, but I didn't get my citizenship. So I had to go back to Hungary and qualify for the Hungarian team. Wow. And I didn't have a club. I didn't have, uh, you know, teammates or something to get the form of K4 or, you know, to have a chance to race in the K4. And I was so lucky that that year they changed the selection criteria and they said, okay, no more K4 selection because it was kind of not so, not so fair because if a bigger club had four people, they could put together four people. And if you are very talented, but you're in the smaller club, it was hard for you to get into a K4. So they changed it. And that was that year when I came back from the U.S., and this is how I made uh, 2012 in the in in the uh, to the team to London. <laughs> that Perfect I was timing. Wow! Yeah, I got second in K1, and um, this way I qualified for the K4. So, yeah, that's crazy. So what? So um, I know so you mentioned your husband, three-time Olympian himself, I believe, for Israel and the US. So obviously, your attempt to represent the US was that because you were living there because of him and then as you were saying it just it was a citizenship thing so sort of the goal was to compete for America but it just it was a whole citizenship situation essentially yeah so I moved to the US and I was ready to give up on kayaking I didn't make the 2004 the 2008 Olympics so I was like 
okay so maybe it's not for me and i moved here to the us because my boyfriend that time lived here so i tried to give a try how we can get together <laughs> so i moved here and i didn't know what to do with my life at that time i didn't really speak english like i i learned english in in high school but my german was much better than my english so i moved here i have no idea what to do and i was thinking okay you know what um, let's continue kayaking here in the us to see what what i can do i was alone here and here in where i live in newport beach it was not team because in san diego was the the center of the kayaking life here so I was start training and I just asked my husband, hey, can you please help me to see my technique and maybe I write the program to, you know, I just asked him to help, you know, to create something together. And actually it was good. I've, I felt very good. I got to the team, we go K2, K1. And finally, finally, because in Hungary, I never had a chance to race in K1 because I was not that good. Finally, I raised K1 and I really, really enjoyed it. I was like, wow, it's, it's, it's so good. I can do this. So I, I, other year, I started very seriously. So 2010, I was like, kind of, mm -hmm, we'll see. And 2011, I was like, okay, let's focus on this. I can do this. Finally, K1, I'm going to do it. So I actually won World Cups that year, 2011, uh, K1 500 and K1000. I managed to win and but in the world championship they didn't let me race because it was a it was a selection for the Olympic it was the the world championship where you can get quota and because I was not a citizen I couldn't get quota so they didn't let me race in uh, the Olympic event and wow. so that year I won the K1 at the Olympic event in the World Cups and I was so so not happy with that decision because I knew very well that the girl not gonna qualify in the world championship yeah. because was just not there yet and she had to qualify in a Panam anyway so I could just race and you know get the quota in the Panam anyway how extraordinary anyway, wow yeah so that year I was I was we did it really good with my husband helped me coaching and get you know, to it was not official that he's coaching me. We just did it together. So that time we tried to get my citizenship back, uh, you know, make it a little bit faster, but it didn't work out. So they told me, just go back to Hungary. We let you go back and uh, try to yeah. go to the track there and make the team in Hungary. So we actually, yeah, we trained all the winter here and we show up on the trials in May in Hungary and everybody was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try. I don't care. <laughs> and that was not easy because in Hungary, you know, it's, how can I say, in a nice way, people are very uh, sure about themselves that they're going to win or, <laughs> or, you know, who are you to come from the U.S. and and try here you know like everybody has like almost the cards but they're gonna race or something yep. so yeah and and i just went there and i was like wow i don't care i can try i didn't try so i got second and this way i qualified for the olympic i was so happy 
and actually we had a case but you know after the olympic i don't know what country maybe poland or or or, or england but they tried to see maybe they can disqualify us because i was racing for the us before one year wow but when i changed the the national you know i changed the country i went over all the olympic rules and all the national rules and international rules and and you know it's it's so interesting how how I don't understand why it's not the same, the Olympic and the international rules in kayaking. So example, it was just a little word, but it's let me race for Hungary. Like, like really, they, I just, if I cannot race for Hungary, I couldn't race for anybody. And the Olympic charter said, everybody has a chance to race for the Olympic. So this is how I could race because otherwise you have to wait two years or something when you change a country to race. It's complicated. Anyway, and they try to try to make maybe to see maybe they can disqualify us. And I remember I was already back in the US and I got the phone call from my federation. Hey, but how did you get to Hungary to race? And what was the rules? And because now we got this phone call from the ICF and I was like, everybody was so scared. And I was like, no, 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 yeah. we can't disqualify us. I know the rules. This is the rules. The, 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 go over it and actually they didn't file any anything it was just they just filed for complaint or the question for the icf so yeah wow (laughs) that was insane what an incredible period which because i can i was gonna say would have been an extraordinary period that time when at a world cup you win a gold medal you're hearing the star-spangled banner you know usa national anthem and then you go to a world championship and that and you're hearing the hungarian like straight away that's a bit strange but yeah like it that's fascinating that you sort of have those different rules because that's i know that's a case in a lot of different sports that you'll have world championship rules and an olympic rules and that's you know a lot of discrepancies but just to represent your country you just you, you're the best in the world you want to go to the olympics and there's lots of hurdles to go through over a simple thing of what flag you're wearing on your shirt. Yeah, that's that's yeah because they don't want you know to, uh, jumping country by country, uh, you know the athletes, and I understand that too. But in my case, it was just I just didn't get my citizenship on time because in, you know it's it just takes time after you get your green card to get your citizenship, and I, I was still in the kayaker, so you know what what I can do. So, yeah, this was my story for my first Olympic was, was, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I I can guarantee you, Christina, had you, had you not been able to go back to Hungary and the USA didn't want you, you could have come to Australia. We're pretty friendly. You probably could have just gone, (laughs) oh, yeah, we'll have her. Absolutely. World champion in in, in kayaking. You guys are very strong in kayaking. So I don't think so. They want somebody to, you know, take the spot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Australia, it's very good in kayaking. We, so. We've got a few good ones. We'll, 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 yeah. we'll own that. Which, I mean, in that entire period through everything that you went through there and you're just wanting to get to an Olympics, you've missed out on a couple beforehand. You said you nearly gave up the sport. What was that feeling like when you went back to Hungary and you qualified and you were then officially an Olympian? I mean, how do you, do you remember that feeling of that, hey, guess what? You are now an Olympian. You're going to your first oh Olympics. Oh, my God. Wow, that was amazing feeling because I, I totally remember because I remember to lining up in the start line. I came there, I get to the final and I lining up with 
Olympic champion, Olympic champion, Olympic champion. <laughs> Everybody was almost like, you know, like, I don't know if you, uh, you heard of Kovacskati, Janic, uh, Natasha, all these big names were next to me. And it was like, wow. And I just, you know, I worked so hard for it. And um, I felt like I, I did so much. And, and my weakness was always in my life to believe in myself. So that that was what you know I was came for me the hardest to 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 believe that I can do uh, such a big thing. And um, when I moved to the the US and uh, I trained alone and not in the big team, that helped me a little bit focus on myself because I'm the person who's always focusing around everybody, just not myself. So, so that was very difficult for me to train alone, example, totally alone. I was totally alone. And, but other hand, it's helped me to, to learn how to focus on myself and how to, how to pull out from myself what I can do and not always just going after the best. You know, I was always training with the best and I just watching them. Oh my gosh, they are so good. <laughs> I can be so good. Just, oh, but they are so fast. Let's, let's try to keep with them, keep up with them and, and that was really, really my weakness. I, I never could focus on myself. So, so that time I went that, that race and I was like, I, I don't care who is here, who is there or who is there. One things I care, here's this lady, here's this lady, I'm going to beat them. <laughs> you know, next to me, I have to be in front of them and that's all. And I was so happy. I, I didn't win. I got like this match from the first person Danusha who actually won the Olympic that year so so I lost from her but but I was very happy to get second because before I never never get second in the Hungarian selection so that was amazing for me and and the rules said that I'm qualified right away for the K4 we had one more race for the K1 spot yeah that was not so good for me went to World Cup in Duisburg and we had to race at the international field so she and me was you know it was kind of a race off if I could beat her we could have one more race in Hungary just she and me wow and but I I almost like it was terrible race so I I was last I get yeah you know and I get so I don't know not focused and you just oh my gosh it's the chance and you just screw it so I screw it up so bad and I just watching back all the time the trace what did I do and I see I was last the last one in the field until 250 when I finally recognized oh my gosh I have to go <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I couldn't catch up, so I got third place. She got, she got first, and she dominated. She was very, very strong, and um, oh. yeah, she, she took the the K one spot, and I could get the K four spot. So silver fun. lining that you at least get that K four spot, but I mean, obviously disappointing not to get that individual one. But uh, I mean, what was in that period like after qualifying and then leading up to London? Do you just have to sort of put that disappointment of not making the K1 spot in the back of your mind and then just focus purely, okay, well, we've got a job to do, the K4. Because at that point, I believe it was, what, 20 years since Hungary had, had won a gold in that event? So it had been a while since yeah. Hungary had taken a gold in that event. 
Exactly. So I was, I, I honestly, I was not disappointed. I was very, very happy that I made the K4. I, I, I think this is why I screwed up in Duisburg because I was already satisfied that I'm on the team and I didn't have that fire and hunger. And again, I didn't believe myself that I can do the K1. So I think this was the kind of the problem for the K1 spot. So I, I think it just mentally I was not strong enough to take the K1 and I, I was happy for the K4. So I, I didn't feel any disappointment. And we had a very good uh, team. We, we, after the whole selection process, because after we had other selections for the K2 and, uh, and for, for, for the men's and everything. So when it's done, when it was done, we start training together in the K4 and the, with the new rules, we had to stay together. So we couldn't uh, go back to our coach or something. So we had one coach, coach us together and, and, and it was a good team. So, so we were strong and uh, we were ready and we were very hungry to win that Olympic after 20 years, <laughs> we, we couldn't. So. Uh, it was very good time that that year it was amazing for me the olympic and everything it was just so much fun and it was it, it was a joy i have to say that i can imagine because i i love the fact that so hungary won it in 92 but then germany go on a bit of a streak to win the next four and now hungary have now won the last three but that gold in london you beat germany to retain mm -hmm. the crown which yeah. is there like a strong rivalry, a Hungarian German rivalry? I mean, in, in any sport, but also I can imagine canoeing when you've got this sort of, uh, you know, back and forth between uh, the K4 and, and the gold in the last, uh, you know, six or so Olympics. Yeah, exactly. And we won uh, world championships uh, during that, uh, that period, but we couldn't win the Olympic until Rio. So, but Rio, sorry, London. And yeah, that was a big deal. And, but we were so ready, like we, we were just really, we, we're going to do it. So it was almost no doubt that we're going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to say no. quickly that, uh, go ahead, go ahead. My head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that, that's, you've got to have that mentality, I can imagine. But I was going to say, it's, I mean, with the K1 though, I mean, I, I'll say one thing. That was a period where Lisa Carrington started to dominate, right? She hasn't lost that event at the Olympics. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you might have beaten Lisa. I don't know. But, I mean, Lisa's kind of been unstoppable. So maybe you were lucky to avoid going into the K1 in London. <laughs> you know, the, the K1, he, she won the, the 200. So the Hungarian girl won the K1 500. Oh, right, was, okay, uh, the, the, the five, so the, the two. Right, okay, other way around. That's where I've yeah, been confused yeah, with that. So, I had to mention yeah. Lisa, though, at some point, though, Christina. I mean, you know, I know I'm an Australian and she's a New Zealander, but, I mean, we're, we're weirdly proud of Lisa and we're not even from her country. We just think she's amazing, uh, particularly on this show. So, you know, yeah. you've got to bring her up every now and then. But, I mean, well, seeing your, your countrywoman win then the 500, then is that a case of a, a what if? Like, oh, what if I was in there? Then, you know, I, I, I've beaten her before. I, that could have been me. No, Lisa is amazing. She she get the K one that London, uh, yeah, London. She won the K one. That was the first time uh, K one two hundred was in the Olympic. So she won, and since that, uh, nobody never beat lost. her. Yeah, you never lost. Yeah, and now after Rio, I think she started to focus on the five hundred too, and she made it. 
in Tokyo. Insane. So, Insane. Yeah. Absolutely um, incredible. Yeah. She's she's a beast, Lisa. She's yeah, just she uh, something. Else. New Zealand's most decorated Olympian of all time, which, uh, I mean, it's for people I don't think realise a lot about New Zealand, obviously a very small country, and, uh, you know, for them to have that level of success is quite a big deal. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, we, 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 we give them a bit of shit. Uh, Christina, but we 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 like them, you know. They're, they're, they're I like fine. her. We, she she's very good friend friend of my, mine. So we we have nice. a good relationship. So I always good to know because we went to Source Chris too, and I think like I, that was that was so amazing for me. I never did Source Ski in my life before because in Hungary we don't have ocean or something. Yeah. You know, we, it was really not a thing. And I went to this race and I totally remember when she just grabbed the kayak and showed me, hey, this is how you do it, do, 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 and poof. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you know how to do this? <laughs> and she crazy. was, uh, and I remember she she told me that she actually raced in uh, Sursky before. And uh, I was just so impressed. All this, yeah, the, the Australians, Noemi Flood, and all, all these girls that, they can do these Sursky things, but I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? You know, it's like really, really impressive that, uh, yeah. It's where it's, I mean, a lot of the canoe and kayakers we've had on the show from Australia, yeah, that their background, they start in the surf ski and they sort of, uh, yeah. you know, transition into the, into the sprint because uh, sadly surf life-saving, not an Olympic sport. Um, mm-hmm. maybe in Brisbane 2032, there's a lot of, uh, good oceans in that part of, uh, the country. So you never know, but, um, yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of interesting when you are talking about your background of how it happens in Hungary, that it's a very good point. You don't really have oceans in Hungary. So obviously you've got sort of a lot more of that, that flat water side of things. Whereas for us, it's kind of the opposite. We live on the ocean basically. So a lot of our athletes come from, from that side of things. So have you, have you been to Australia? Have you competed or come to Australia? I to never compete? been. I never ah. been and all my friends always ask me to come and I just I just never been. My husband went there a couple of times, but she he actually uh, raised in Sydney. I never been. Well, if you I mean you're in California and very similar Australia, California, we've got a, you know, uh, lots of golden beaches, lots of laid backness. Mm-hmm. I think kind of uh, the attitudes would be very different. There. I'm just saying, come out of retirement. You've only got ten years to Brisbane. I'm sure you can get yourself back into shape, compete compete in another Olympics, Christina. You know, come on, you can do that. <laughs> Come on, I told my husband this year because I was still uh, tried to go to Tokyo and I didn't make the team last year and I was injured. I have this uh, neck injury, very bad uh, disharmonia or how do you say it in English? I don't know, something like this um, anyway. I, I, uh, I would have a guess, but my, my medical knowledge is not too great. So you're probably going to get it closer in English than I will, Christina. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I, I didn't make the team and I didn't do anything for six months until I, I, I finally get back to be a little bit of paddling and uh, thirsty, more thirsty and outrigger. And this year I just watched the World Championship, I think. And I was like, no, I'm ready to go. I have to start training. Uh, it's <laughs> almost Paris. I can do this. And I told my husband, hey, I think I'm going to go for it. You said, no, you are too old. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn. Burn. You're sleeping on the couch tonight. You can go for it, but I'm not going to coach you anymore. Can you imagine 10 years coaching by your husband or for him coaching me? That that was like Jeez. a 
I mean, it's okay. I'm all for honesty, but I mean, you know, sugarcoat it a little bit, you know. Like. No, no, he's not that kind. So he just said, you are too old. So I was like, okay, so I just go sometimes to pedal and they're just cleaning. Oh, I still can do it. I still can do it. I still feel the movement. I'm, I'm, I can do this. And just, you know, I just need a 32-hour day or something. <laughs> put the work and put the kids and put training. I was yeah. like, yeah. So. Um, I wow. don't know. I'm, I'm still dreaming, but it's not. I never happen. say never, Chris. I, I, age is just a number. Let's be honest. I mean, I know you'll be ten years older in Brisbane, but you know, you, just for once, don't listen to your husband. You can do it. You've got off the podium's uh, support. I don't think you're too old at all. You've got it on you. You can do it. Go on, do it for Hungary. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I would go for US. We'll do it for America. And if they don't want you, do it for Australia. We could use you. Wouldn't we? I mean, we've got some good ones, as we said, but like no, we could add you. We Maybe could the Master you. Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cover it that way. I, I would love to know, we always like to find out from our guests, just outside of competing at an Olympics, your experiences in general at the Olympics. So when you got to London, I mean, a great Olympics to go to for your first Olympics, um, opening ceremony, village life, where you're trading pins, where you're bumping into a sane bolt, Michael Phelps. Like, I mean, kind of like what was that whole experience like outside of the competition? Yeah, so all of this didn't happen with me <laughs> because kayaking is always in the end of the Olympics, kind of, so like last week. And we, we always go in, you know, very late. So we never go to the uh, opening ceremony example. It's, it's- I thought it would be the opposite. I thought you'd turn around and say, like, no, put me in earlier week because I want to experience this and then, you know, soak it up. And so that do they no. can, can you have no. that choice or are they very strict on that? No, very strict. They want you to focus on training, not just uh, going around and get, uh, you know, distracted with all this happening around. So we actually got there pretty late. Pretty late. And that was funny because because my husband went there earlier because um, he had some job to do, and he was he was helping his friend from Israel to selling tickets. I don't know what was the main thing, but he was in in London in the hotel, and um, and it was so good because when I finished my race. We could just hang out over there in London because the kayaking is always out from the city, usually like far away or something. And that hotel was, it was just a, it was a, it was a private hotel. We didn't even uh, stay with the accredited athletes. Yeah. So, so I was so lucky because that time, the K4 was the first race for the kayaking. So we couldn't get down and we won. We were so happy and we still had like four days or five days to right. until the crossing. So, and my husband could get a lot of tickets. So actually I could go and experience the whole, whole experience in London. And my parents were there and it was, it was just so amazing. London was, was very, very good. And, uh, we had we had the whole experience. We went to other events, went to London, went to parties. We we really 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 enjoyed that time. Did you do the closing ceremony as well? Closing ceremony, ah, yeah. Spice Girls, you got to see it all. Great closing yeah. ceremony. Yeah. 
So it was amazing. London was like the perfect Olympic for me. I, it was just so, so good. Rio it's, was not like that. Rio. <laughs> well, it's, I was going to say, like, how did that compare to Rio? Because it's, it's interesting with the guests we've had on who say went to Rio and Tokyo because so many people have said to them, oh, Rio is going to be an unusual Olympics. Of course, Tokyo happens a little bit more unusual, but uh, they obviously weren't to see that. But I mean, what were those experiences like in in Rio? Like, was it an unusual Olympics? So Rio, it was very big, different for me. The qualification too, and I had already my little son, two years old at that time, and actually I left him at home, and it was very very stressful for me. And, and and I don't know why, maybe because of that, and I was actually stressed because the race too. In London, I, I didn't even, I, I was so confident and uh, I, I was not nervous at all. And Rio, I was so nervous, I was so stressed and and we, our event was the last event. It, it was like we couldn't go anywhere, we were just in the hotel. And and we ended the race and we had one party and the other day we came home. So it was just I felt like Rio for me was a stressful race and and we didn't see so much. So nothing actually. And wow. and it just flew by like this and poof and we we, we we were on the plane home. So so it was very different. Yeah. Uh, I I have to say London was for me, my personal experience was much, much better. It's not because the Olympic by itself, it's because my racing schedule and how everything was scheduled, it was just different. And yeah, it came out that, yeah, we won. So if it's good, just the experience was different. Well, I was going to add, I mean, you say you you do your race, you have one party, you go home, but you still got a nice piece of jewelry jewelry around your neck to add to the one from from London. I mean, take us through both of those moments. London, gold medal, you win it. Right back to what we said at the beginning of this interview, you had a dream of going to the Olympics. You've ticked that off. You're in London. You've done the work. You've taken gold. You've broken this drought for Hungary. It's been 20 years. You've beaten the Germans. I mean, everything about this. You've, you're in a boat with some great women as well who have done very well. I mean, for you personally, Christina, what's that like when you cross that line and you're an Olympic champion? Oh, I, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I, I, I saw back in pictures too, as you know, when you, you, you see the pictures and you really can see on my face that it was just kind of like such a relief and happiness that, that it's there and then we got it. And, and it was just, you know, like, like it was like in the dream when you're dreaming about crossing the finish line, it was totally that feeling, you know, so many times in life happen that you're dreaming about it or you see a, a destination in the postcard and it's so beautiful and really got that it's like, eh, yeah, I saw better. Or, or in my dream was better a little bit, or I, I my imagination made it better. No, that was not. It was just the same, and and it was just perfect. Yeah. Which I I love. So in Australia, when an athlete wins a gold medal, they get one of the honors they get is they get a stamp. So you get your face on a stamp in Australia, basically. Uh, I'm seeing here that you are given the Order of Merit of Hungary. Uh, an officer's cross in 2012 and a commander's cross in 2016. 
which I believe is a pretty high honour in, in Hungary. What what do Olympic gold, is that like the main thing you get as Olympic gold medalists? Do you come home and you get street parades? Like explain to us like how do Hungarians treat their Olympic gold medalists? Because I'd love to learn kind of what that brings you. You know, it's, it's very two-sided. You know, when you are successful and you get the gold, you, you, you get treated very nicely. And, and this is the whole idea. So many people want to do sport in Hungary because it's really a career. You can make money, a lot of money. You can be a celebrity. You can, you know, your life, it's going to be a little bit higher level than average for sure. And this is a good motivation for, you know, it's a, it's, it's a poor country. We have to say that we are not, not the most, um, yeah. So the average salary may be, Eight hundred dollar, and I think I, 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 I'm a little bit higher level than it is actually. But so this is a very good opportunity for kids that like me who didn't come from money to to make a living and 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 be successful and and make money. So when you you get the gold, you you get a lot of money a junk of money after the uh, competition and you have a, a monthly salary but it's more like a, a, a scholarship so you you get that a very high level every month and but extra and what's very important you get pension for life Right. So after you turn 35, you got pension, every gold medal or every medal that you make. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's, we, we, we get treated very well in Hungary. But other hand, when you are not succeed, you get silver or you get bronze or you get fourth place or fifth place. It's, it's sometimes and I, I remember clearly Rio was the Olympic when I recognized that so many athletes, judo guys and who competed before us didn't bring the the expected result and and they get treated very not nice, you know, like because this money coming from the the government, you know, so people think it's just government because, money, not not just from the Olympic committee, it's government. Wow, okay. Yeah. Wow. government money so sometimes people think you know because it's taxpayer money they can you know it's like it's my money and you wasted my money you know yeah. kind of thing so you get third place why you can go better because you know kind of so it's not everybody like this i, I don't say and I'm, I'm i'm i have to say the most of the people are not like this but we have this part of 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 the fan <laughs> fans and that wow. can be very hurtful and very uh, uh putting up a lot of pressure on people and i remember that olympic that not one athlete already uh, said in the social media or 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 stand up and saying hey guys that's not okay how you treat me just because i didn't get the result it's 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 a competition everybody's uh, doing the best you know you just because I didn't win, you 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 know you you have to be respectful. The winner, they were better. They put the 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 same amount of work. They won. They were better. So it's not like 
you know, you don't respect him as a better result, you know, kind of yeah. things. So sometimes it's, it's have this side of it, but yeah. Interesting. It's, it's, it's always fascinating to sort of learn that in different countries, because as I said at the top, you know, we've had many athletes from many different countries and I, I always love sort of hearing how that's treated, but it's sort of, it's interesting. I mean, we talk about here in Australia, if somebody doesn't perform, they just get a bit of a ribbing in the media. That's it. It's, you know, the kind of try next, try harder next time, but to sort of hear that it's sort of almost a make it or break it thing sometimes for many athletes and particularly certain sports when it's so expensive to compete in, uh, particularly say some of the winter sports. I can't imagine that that obviously is, uh, you know, not a, a big hurdle. Do you have a lot of athletes then such as yourself who try to go to other countries to represent because maybe it's sort of not that level of, I guess, pressure that if you don't perform? Yeah, we have, we have a couple of, um, I have, couple, I remember example that was so funny 2011 when I was racing for the US and I could race just uh, the, the thousand meter and actually the world championship was in Hungary. So it was an interesting thing to that race. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And I had in my final four Hungarian. One was uh, racing for Hungary, one was me racing for the US. One girl was racing for Spain and one girl was uh, racing for Argentina. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> How did the crowd react to that? I mean, technically they've got four Hungarians in the final, but yeah. only one of them's wearing yeah. the, the red, white and green. <laughs> yeah, it was very nice, actually. I was a little bit, you know, kind of feeling like, you know, what I'm going to get on the podium or something. And they were so nice, unbelievable. Like, you know, it's like I've, I was racing for Hungary for like 20 years when I left. So, you know, and, and I just, they were so nice and they, I got the same, you know, um, how do you say it? And, you know, same, same reaction, same sort same of like, reaction. yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, it was very good feeling. Well, that's good. I'm glad there was sort of no animosity or anything towards you there that they can sort of have that. So that's uh, good to hear. I, I asked about the, getting the gold in, in London and you talked about sort of the difficulties in, in Rio versus London, but I mean, still crossing the line, Olympic champion, you've defended the the gold for Hungary. I mean, do you get a, a similar feeling or because it's like, eh, I've done this before, another gold, sure, we'll just put it in the pile. <laughs> oh, no, no, that was for me the biggest relief. I don't know why and I told my husband that before the race that I was super nervous. I don't know why. Like I usually I'm not that nervous before the races. So I'm, I, I can beat that. I, I like to race. So for me, the racing is always a fun part. I, I, I like it. And I don't know why Rio was for me was, I think I know why, because one time in training, I, uh, I messed up the start, like, and we, something happened with my pedal and, and, and slide in and I couldn't pedal after I almost fall out from the kayak. Wow. And, and I had that feeling, didn't, I couldn't get out from my head. What's going to happen? What if it's going to happen there? What if it's going to, and I think that was my, my nervous, like maybe, you know, in, in unconscious, it's, I didn't think about it all the time. I just think maybe something made me so nervous. I, Everybody asked me, hey, what's up with you? I was like, oh, nothing, nothing. Let's do it. And I think because 
it, 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 my body language shows that I'm very nervous and I, I used to not be so nervous. So I don't know, Rio was uh, really stressful for me. And um, I think when we won, won, I just felt like, oh, finally, it's, it's relief. It's, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we made it and 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 yeah it's it's of course it was a happiness but i i i think it was more a relief that finally it's uh, all year was very stressful i think because i had a kid already and we were always sick like all year long i was always sick like i can tell you i, I when i was a child i i, I didn't have a voice i like this is high i I competed and I didn't do well. I get fourth place, and the fourth place is always politics. You know, you either in or you out. It's, it's it didn't really depend on me. I couldn't get my in London when I got the second place. It was a very strong place in the K4. Like it's it's no way you can they can take you out. But that year we had to actually do a tryout after the selection that three girls had to sit in the K4. So three girls were stand, standard and and one place was open. And wow. we tried three girls and and I was so sick and I I, I just felt like oh my gosh, I, I don't know how I'm gonna do this and and it's not depend on me. It's it's not depend on me anymore. You know, it's depend on the girls on the board. It's depend on the coaches. It's depend on so many things. It's not on me. For, first, that was the worst feeling. And after, I remember the worst, worst, worst feeling was when they came to me and they said, "Yeah, you are, you made it." And but I have to uh, separate from my uh, son because uh, they're afraid that I'm going to get sick and all the, all the team is going to be sick and because he's in kindergarten and they, well, not kindergarten, daycare and da, da, da. And I was like, no way, no. And I told them, no, <laughs> I can't yeah. do that. And, and that was, again, it's like, all year was stressful for me. Like, really, like all these little things, like, you know, maybe for other people, it's nothing for me, but was was really meaningful like i can imagine so, having to make that decision like sort of between yeah you separating from so your I, son or an olympics what a yeah so i told them no i'm not going to do that and they they let it go eventually so i was lucky i didn't have to fight for it so much i just put my stand down no no way and uh, yeah so I think the the when I crossed the line, all the stress just you know went away, and Came I out. couldn't to go home and 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 see him. It was like three weeks I didn't see him, and I it's my first child. It's different, you know. This yeah. is like you feel like oh my gosh, this is you know this is the life, and you missed that three weeks. Of course, it's different that now. Long. Yeah. And wow. When you have other kids and they are bigger now, you 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 understand that that three week was just three weeks. That's it from there. You know. You need to remind him of that though when he when he gets older. Maybe he's in, in he's being naughty or something. You're like, I gave up three weeks so I can win you an Olympic gold medal, son. You you respect what I did for you. Like you can hold that over him though, if if anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That so works. yeah, that was the story of the Rio. That was why for me it was very different. Which you mentioned, obviously not making Tokyo. Um, I mean, I'm assuming that obviously was the goal. Like, was that 
extra difficult seeing the girls win the gold again, the what-ifs, or was it a case of if you can't go, well, I'm still happy that they were able to sort of defend the title? You know, that that was very strange for me because I remember uh, Sydney when I didn't make the team, and that was awful, really. Like, I was like, this is when I was like, I'm finished kayaking, I don't care anymore, I'm... That, that time I moved to the US and all these things and I was like done and really hurt me and and Tokyo yeah it hurt like you know like okay I didn't make it but but not too long it was just yeah this is what is it I was happy for the girls I, I really really could enjoy watching them winning and and I, I had really no bad feeling about it I think I was ready to you know it's like when this olympic was for me like it, it's hard enough to make it with two kids to be very far from the team and this was the pandemic things and all these things so it was really really hard but and i i knew i didn't and i was injured too so i i, I kind of I didn't know I'm not gonna make it, but it was it was not perfect. So I know I my my preparation was was not perfect. And if I could make it, that would be awesome. But I think I felt like I'm not there. You know, like when when, when you know that that's not enough, but you 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 put in the bucket kind of things. Like yeah. So it it would be a, a miracle if I could make that Olympic because it just. It was just I was so busy with everything else, and my my brain was just not there anymore. So can you imagine? I went to to Hungary for the trials totally alone because the kid, my bigger son was in already first grade, and I couldn't take him out. And my coach is my husband; he had to stay with the kids. And I went there totally alone, training alone before the the, the trials, like the last three weeks when it's the most important you are there totally alone to measuring your time with the gps you know kind of it was like you know i'm just looking back i'm i'm feeling like I'm, i was really serious about it. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm so, so all these things didn't really really it was not perfect but you still, still got two Olympic gold medals. That's the thing, though, right? Like, I mean, a third, yeah. sure, would have been nice, but two, two's okay still. Team. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I felt that, you know, like, okay, I already made it. So I, I really wanted to make it. It's not like I didn't want, I wanted. It just, it's just the life around me was different. And and I I was not able to, to put it in the first priority. You know, like if I would... Maybe I could make it because I think I was strong enough. I was, I, I pedaled very good times. I, I, it was nothing physically I could not achieve like what I did before. I think it just mentally I was not there anymore. Like what's more important things in my life, and and I just pushed, you know, kind of away. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I, I knew that. So when I didn't make the team, it hurt. But, you know, you think about it and you realize, yeah. Not quite the same as, it, as you're saying. <laughs> Sydney, when you, you haven't been to an Olympics yet and you're sort of that close, whereas this time around it's yeah. sort of a, a little bit different. I always like to find out, Christina, what 
you do with the medals? We love finding out from our guests uh, who win medals, what they do with them. Do you have them on display? Are they just in a box somewhere? Like what do you do with your medals? No, I'm in the shelf no. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> in the drawer. No, sorry, drawer somewhere. Yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> Open up a drawer. Oh, those. I won them. I remember those. <laughs> do you plan maybe one day to like put them on, on display perhaps or is that sort of just you think they're permanent home? I don't know. I feel like I, the further I go from the Olympic, I, 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 I appreciate it more. You know, like I feel like time goes by, you appreciate more what, what it's happened in the past. And I can, I can, maybe one day I'm going to put it out because I'm going to be so proud <laughs> that I did that. I'm not there yet. <laughs> so yet. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of things from the two Olympics and my husband have a lot of things from the, his three Olympics. And yeah, when we're going to have place and room for it, I think we're going to maybe make a, a nice room with all this. You have a uh, museum almost. It sounds like you have five there, Olympics yeah, between exactly. you, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Got, got I know, my husband was in five Olympics. He went three Compete in three and two as of my court, so five Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Which so what did that mean then? So because what he went to Sydney, Athens, Beijing, and then obviously yeah. with you in London and Rio. So neither of you went to Tokyo. So I mean that was like the first one you'd missed all millennium, basically. That n- there was no representation. At, it's yeah. like the family yeah. business. That must have felt weird on that <laughs> level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you got. I mean, Paris, Los Angeles. I mean, LA. It's in, it's in your state right now. Maybe we're gonna go there. We're gonna go yeah. there. Maybe. Down the road. Come on, like it's just it's it's. You yeah. can drive there tomorrow, and very, then very, you've yeah. got to come to Australia, Please. obviously, for Brisbane. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, we'll wrap up with a set of fun get-to-know-you style questions in, in just a moment, Christina. But one thing I'd love for you to do, because as I said, you're our very first Hungarian athlete we've had on the show. Sell hungry. Like I, I, I know as much as I know, um, very limited, but for our guests who maybe don't know much about Hungary, like uh, why should people go there? Why should people visit? It looks like a beautiful country. Uh, sell it. Be, be Hungarian tourism right now, Christina. Sell the country to our oh, listeners. Oh, Hungary. You, you must see Hungary. It's, it's a, such an amazing country and such an amazing uh, people like you would you would think they are rude, and after you would think they have so nice. They they just so... Well, can, I, can, I, can I jump in there really quickly? I'm glad you said that because we had a joke for a while. Might have been during Rio for some reason. I can't even remember why, but we said Hungarians were just very serious and not funny. I think we just basically had an ongoing joke about Hungarians don't know what comedy is. So I'm glad you can clear that up. And if you want to tell a joke to clarify that Hungarians are funny, by all means, please do. No, no, I, I, I'm so bad with jokes, but, <laughs> but yeah, Hungarians are really, really funny and we, we have a sense of humor, but maybe it's a little bit different than here in the US, example, because my husband always tells you don't have a humor, and he said, I have, <laughs> you don't have, you don't understand my humor. So yeah, it's very different and, and the country is amazing. It's Budapest, it's a, it's, I think it's the funnest uh, city ever. I, it's a lot of things to do and, and, and it's really fun. And the countryside, it's very interesting. It's very traditional and um, going back in history and 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 it's very diverse, you know. We have very very um, poor, but I mean poor like old school and the very traditional part of the country. And we have very modern as Budapest and 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 fun, fun part. And 
yeah, you have to go see it. It's it's just definitely. So I, I, I sadly have actually never been to Europe in general, but um, I, in all oh, seriousness, a bit of a bit of a trek for Australians, as you can imagine. But um, yeah, it's. I think if, the day I do go to Europe, it's the one part parts of the the continent that have always interested me are sort of more to the east. You know, like sure, I want to go to the UK and France and Germany, those sort of places. But I've always been more intrigued by places like Hungary and you know, going further east. Like I know I'm not meant to say this in 2022 when we're recording this, Christina, but I've always wanted to go to Russia. Not right now, but um, you know, it's sort of places like that I've always wanted to visit. So Different. I'll put yeah, it on the list. Um, Definitely put it on the list. You 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 should watch the movie. Think. Euro tour, maybe that's the name. Euro trip, is it? Euro trip, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> my husband, I've seen I never seen it, but my husband always telling me, uh, like when you go to Eastern Europe, <laughs> and, yeah. and it's so true. And uh, I had, so a, she- I had, a, I actually had a friend at university. She was, um, I think she was from Bratislava, but she'd grown up a lot in Hungary, and she used to. There is a scene in that movie where they go to Slovakia and basically make it like one US dollar puts you in like a palace. Um, so, like, yeah, not the not the best uh, reception of Eastern Europe in that movie, but it's funny. It's it's funny. But it's funny. This is what it's I tried funny. to say. It's funny yes. and. Um... There's yeah, a Hungarian humour. It's there, right? You can laugh at it. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, come on. There it is. That's, that's and it's what, so that's... funny because in Israel they had like, uh, because my husband is from Israel and they had this show, I don't know what's the name of the show, and they make fun of the, you know, all the the culture and there is uh, some, they try to talk in Hungarian and and uh, he always tell me these uh, words, but they, he, he learned from that show. <laughs> It's so funny. It doesn't make any sense, and and it and it's just yeah. No, uh, Hungary it's fun, and and people are I really have a humor. Just uh, we don't Good. speak so much English. This is the problem. So you guys have to learn Hungarian, and you're gonna understand the humor. And always the fun down part. for a challenge. I I, <laughs> I definitely will will try that out. And thank you for clarifying that. And we apologize to the country of Hungary <laughs> for saying that Hungary isn't funny. We've now clarified that you are. Christina, we like to wrap up with a set of get-to-know-you-style questions. Now, these, uh, as always, a questionnaire that Team Canada gave to their athletes ahead of the 2016 and 2018 Olympics. Bit of fun, bit uh, random questions. And as always, if you want to, there is a drawing element. I don't know if you're a good drawer or not, but you don't have to. But if you feel like it, you can draw after this interview email it into me and we'll put it on our social media but you don't have to so for example here you can draw a picture of yourself um there's draw a picture of a canadian animal but i guess you could draw a picture of a hungarian animal um and what would the coolest olympic medal look like so are you a good drawer or not really no i'm actually very bad (laughs) okay all right we'll skip that then don't don't worry about that actually just on that there's a question i'll ask what what Animals, like what sort of animals would you look out for in Hungary? If I'm like out and about, and what what wild animals do you yeah, have in Hungary? You know what? We are so lucky. I'm just thinking about it because in Australia, how much? <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, you guys haven't here in the US too, like uh, rattlesnake, and I don't know what kind of animal yep. can kill you. In Hungary, actually, it's a very, very, very calm place because we don't have animals that really can kill you. Like we have some bears in the in the mountain but not so not, not a grizzly or something you know the nice like, bears <laughs> a wolf and uh, maybe a fox or something but 
I think no, like none of these none of these mountain lions in America and and grizzlies and no, like no, snake really spiders. It's no, very hungry. It's yeah. very safe. Okay, all right. That's that's positive in the hungry column for visiting Hungary. So there you go. Uh, so I'll start off with the first question here. If you could choose any Olympic host city, where would it be? I can think of Budapest. I mean, that I think they've bid for the Olympics a couple of times, haven't they? But obviously, yeah, never quite yeah, made we, it. We actually, I was uh, I was uh, part of the the when they tried to promote it. Yeah, we didn't make it. It was very political. We have to pull it back because we had a vote that uh, right. the Hungarian people doesn't want the Olympics in Budapest. It. Right. No, because it's too much money, and we don't have money. Anyway, understandable. So, I, oh, I I would go South America somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> like okay. Argentina. That'd be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, the thing that was great about Rio having it, obviously, is having an Olympics in South America. But I remember when they got over the line and won it, that their big push was, hey. Here's a map of the world. Look where all the Olympics have been. None in South America. So uh, yeah. obviously got them over the line there. Uh, now I, I'm, I'm intrigued for this one, Christina, because your coach is your husband. The weirdest <laughs> instruction a coach ever gave you was. What's that mean? Sorry. Like so the silly, the strangest, like the the oddest. Like I mean, he's he's telling you you're too old, so like retire. <laughs> but has he ever told you something where you've just kind of gone? What? Like, why are you telling me that? Oh, wow. <laughs> I think it was many, many times. I just cannot recall it. <laughs> I think we, we go with the, the fact that he's basically said to you, you're too old. Like, yeah, I think that's that's an answer yeah, to that one in that itself. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very strict with me, so he would tell me not, not he would not cover it with the sugar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. That works yeah. sometimes. That works. Um, now we touched on the gym aspect and the training aspect. When you are training, do you have a favorite workout? Is there sort of something that you like doing more than others? The favorite? I love to pedal. I, I don't like to go to the gym and to, touching weights for me. It's like, <laughs> no, I don't want to go. And, Get and me on I the water. Actually, yeah, I, I was actually working in the gym because I was a, a, a personal trainer and I'm not a big gym person. (laughs) Good. All right. I'm glad that we can hear that on the show. Uh, We don't always feel like when we interview Olympians, we've got to hit the gym straight afterwards. That's a a good thing. Um, If you could have lunch with any one person, who would it be? Who would it be? My grandfather. (laughs) Oh, I like it when somebody goes the family route. That's nice. I like that. Good answer. Uh, speaking of food, what is your favorite sandwich? Sandwich. I like the. Uh, hmm. I like hamburger. Yes. Sandwich. You're in a good place for those. Uh, <laughs> very. Which I mean, I've I've, li- I've lived in America. It's very tempting with the food and I can imagine though that when you're training that you've got to dial it back a little bit it's sort of like you know because uh, a lot of the food there in America is not exactly on the healthy side right so uh you got to be quite careful don't you <laughs> yeah you know my husband always tell me the story that they so many Israeli come here to work or move here and 
they get so fat in the first two years because they come cheap food, you know, you go all this um, cheap uh, burger place or yep. cheap Mexican place, or I don't, you know, and they just get fat. And because it's so bad for you sometimes. And the portion sizes, right? Even for the cheap, you yeah, get like a meal that should feed you for a drink, week. You know, they yeah. give you this huge, oh, you want small? Yeah, I want small. And they give you this big, like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Everything gets huge. When I moved here, I had a really hard time to find my balance with the food and finding the good place to eat. And oh, it was it was so so bad. <laughs> I a challenge. Yeah, I, I the first time I ever went to America, and back then I wasn't somebody who really liked salad or things like that. But after two days, I'm like, I want a salad. I want something that isn't coated in fat, please. Um, you just like give me something fresh. Um, yeah, and the thing so. is that they make such a big difference with yeah. price. That oh yeah. It's insane for me that if you want to eat something healthy, it's like, oh, it's yep. so expensive. And the other, like, it's too, so cheap that, oh, yep. yeah. Kind of have to eat bad half the time, don't you? Um, uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Flying. Yes. Good answer. I like that one. We could have flying kayak in the Olympics. That would be fun. You know? Oh, you we have, you know, we have the, we have uh, actually... Well, the foil yeah now. yeah yeah that could work I, I see, yeah, gee, yeah. coming up with all these things on the show today um we're just talking about bad food so let's talk about some bad food uh the best candy what is your favorite candy i don't like candy, don't like actually, candy? my uh, son just put it this here for me <laughs> got some snacks there have some m&m's and i like this one Right, okay, that, that counts, that works. Um, as a kid, who was your favourite sports team? Parents, Right, okay, that works. <laughs> it's a Hungarian, uh, Hungarian soccer team. Okay, and because and obviously is soccer sort of the main sport in Hungary? Is that kind of like what, outside of yeah. canoeing, I guess, so... But yeah, so soccer, it's, it's, it's everywhere in the world, I think. It doesn't matter yep. if it's sexy or not, and the soccer is the, yeah. I remember uh-huh. the, um, I know my World Cup history enough to know that Hungary did all right. What was in the 50s or the 60s, wasn't it, made a couple yeah. of World Cup finals? So, yeah. you know, yeah. that's great Hungarian. We have, we have history, we can cry back, so. <laughs> <laughs> Live on it. Live on it, Chris. We, Australia, come on. We, we barely make the World Cup. So, like, you know, we'd, lo- we'd kill to make a final. We'd never shut up about that. Um, do you have a favourite sports movie? Favourite sports movie? No, but I have a book. The Agassi book. Okay. Sound. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. We've, we've, I, yeah, it definitely counts. Yes, we should change that up. Book or movie? Go for book. Yes. Yeah, the open. I think that's the name of the book. It's a, okay. I guess. Is that Andre Agassi? Is it book? Yeah. Did you say nice? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've, I loved Andre Agassi growing up. Never read his book though, but uh, highly recommended. It seems. Title is open. The name okay. is open. I'm not sure. Not that old. I remember that got a bit of press, wasn't it? Because it was sort of about, you know, Brooke Shields and his drug career, but it, like all that made the news. But obviously I can imagine it's a lot more than that. So um, I'll check it out. Okay. Yeah, check it out. It's worse to it's, – it's really good. The, the couple of – the beginning was strange, but I just get stuck. It's really amazing. I, I do actually – my favourite 
books are generally biographies or autobiographies, sports books. Like I, that's generally what I like to read. So um, I'll okay, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> good. All right. Good. Uh, we're we're learning a lot about each other today. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? I would live in Hungary. <laughs> ah, nice. Is that a plan? Like one day, do you want to sort of go back there? I wish, but we won't. <laughs> no, I can't go back. It's 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 my kids. You know, they live here. They grow up here. My husband is from Israel and from here. Hungary is not 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 in the not in the plans. Do you get to visit much though? Do you sort of go back home and visit when you can? Honest with you, this is why I was uh, kayaking for <laughs> such a long time because it was it was a so good opportunity to go home all the time for four or five months, and we spent uh, time in Hungary all summer and a little bit of uh, spring and fall, and we had a chance to go to Israel every year. But my husband's uh, family uh, are there, so yeah, and this is why I was like very. Uh, comfortable to stay with kayaking such a long time because it was just a really good opportunity for me to visit so this is the first year actually i didn't go home wow this summer. yeah geez that's that's a long time between that wow well yeah. given that we're saying that you're not completely retired christine you'll get to go back soon right like that, yeah, that training that motivation. <laughs> yeah exactly come on that that there's your motivation right there i'm not too old i want to go back to hungary i want to go home i want to visit my family i want to train exactly. so i need to keep going all right like exactly spurring it through spurring it through exactly <laughs> christina before we let you go uh if people want to stay up to date with you sort of follow your journey from from this point on social media anywhere that people can sort of uh stay up to date with you uh, I have social media. I have Instagram and I have Facebook. I'm a little bit turn it now to real estate because I'm, <laughs> I'm in real estate. But uh, still, I'm yeah. The well, same if people page. in the area want to buy a house or, or rent somewhere, exactly. they can find you there, right? Come you need some business. To the US. Let me know. Yeah, exactly. There you go. People can hit you up there, and not often you get to buy a house from somebody who's won a couple of Olympic gold medals. So you know. Exactly. I think yeah. that that would that would work a trick there. Christina, it's been such an honour to have you on the show, to learn about your journey, to learn about the sport in Hungary, to learn about Hungary as well and just everything else in between. We really do appreciate your time on the show. So thanks for joining us. And, and again, thank you so much for clarifying that Hungarians are funny. I really appreciate that. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. And it was really a honour to be here. Massive, massive chat to Christina for her time on the show today. Fascinating insight into all elements of not only her career, but Hungarian sport, Hungarian canoeing. As I said, it's the third most successful sport in Hungarian Olympic history in terms of gold medals won. And only the uh, second highest, well, the second highest, not only the second highest, but the second highest in terms of overall medals won by Hungary. And if you're wondering what their most successful sports are above that, for gold medals, it's swimming and fencing are the only other two sports that Hungary are more successful at the Olympics. And for total medals, it's fencing. They love their fencing in Hungary. Uh, so canoeing, swimming and fencing is where it's all at for the Hungarians. So uh, there you go. And fun fact, 
Uh, Hungary have won the most medals in history or lead the medal tally in both water polo and modern pentathlon, if you don't mind. So uh, there you go. Great Olympic history in Hungary and a great chat there with Christina, learning about her career and everything else there in general. Fascinating to learn that insight about just how there is so much riding on Olympic success for Hungarian athletes as well. So um, maybe when it comes to uh, every now and then looking at the Australian and Canadian performances at the Olympics, uh, we shouldn't feel so bad in terms of uh, just sometimes what might happen if they were in a different country there. So uh, fascinating insight into how that works and a big thanks to Christina for her time on the show. And thanks to uh, Cliff Meidel as well, who, of course, we had on the show last year, if you remember, for hooking us up there with Christina. So we definitely appreciate his help in that one and uh, Christina's time on the show. We have some great guests coming your way over the course of the next few episodes. We are returning to basketball. We've got a, a legend of Australian basketball on the show coming your way in just a few episodes time we are returning to ice hockey we have a legend of canadian ice hockey coming on this show in just a few episodes time swimming we've got an olympic champion from the sport of swimming coming your way in just a few episodes time and in also just a few episodes time our very first athlete from the sport of skateboarding that is right we have an olympian from the sport of skateboarding coming on this very show. It's been a while since we've uh, talked about skateboarding here on Off the Podium and we've never had someone on. So we're about to break that duck in also a few episodes time. There you go. I had to say that one more time. So uh, keep up to date with everything that we've got going on Off the Podium. The best way to do that, of course, is to subscribe Subscribe to the podcast. I'll get the words out of my mouth eventually there. Uh, search for us wherever you download your podcast from. Search for Off the Podium. And if you want to see the video version of our chat here with Christina and our other great guests on the show, YouTube, Off the Podium, hit the subscribe button on there. Never miss an episode of our video episodes and all our other social media channels, of course, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us on all of those as well to stay up to date with the show and everything else that we have got going on we appreciate your support and your listenership as always without you we wouldn't be here so thank you so much for tuning in it is always an honor to have your company here on off the podium thanks again to christina thanks again to you listening my name is ben this is off the podium shout out to the birmingham bull remember to go left and fizzle dizzle